All right, Pastor Paul here. Good Friday morning to everyone out there. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're going to have a good weekend. But before we dive into the weekend, we have one more section of Exodus to dive into. And we are up now to Exodus 13. And when we were together yesterday on Thursday, we saw how the gospel was played out, how the gospel was sort of acted out by the Israelites as God's judgment came down upon the Egyptians, passed over the Israelites, and then saved them and blessed them and brought them into relationship with him. So it's the gospel according to Moses, the gospel according to Exodus. Well, in Exodus 13 this morning, we're going to look at this idea of redemption, like what exactly happened for God to or what had to happen for God to take in the Israelites. It's one thing, yes, to pass over them in judgment and to give them grace and mercy, but there had to be a transaction. There had to be something that happened, so to speak, um, in exchange. And we're going to find out what that is. So we're going to read the first two verses of 13, then skip down to verse 11, because verses 3 through 10, we've already covered all these concepts when we talked about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But let me begin in verse 1 of chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. You know, drop down to verse 11. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you, and your fathers, and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when the time to come, your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand or frontlets between your eyes. For by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Lord, teach us how your mercy and grace came at a great cost. There was a price to be paid. There, there was redemption that had to be applied. And Lord, as we see this come alive, we pray, Lord, that you would um, make our hearts overflow with the amazing redemption that we have in Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So last time, God passes over the Israelites in judgment, uh, in his judgment, instead pours out mercy and grace. But that's only part of the story, okay? Because there is still sin that has, that has to be accounted for, okay? Certainly there was the blood over the doorpost, okay? Which covered their sin. But, but there had to be this, something had to be exchanged for the life of the Israelites. A, a redemption price had to be paid. And this is obviously comes from the, from the market imagery, market terminology 
to buy back. And what God seems to be saying here, or Moses seems to be saying in Exodus 13, is that God requires a price to be paid in exchange for saving the Israelites' lives. Okay? Now, if that sounds a little counter to grace and mercy, um, um, just, just hold on, and God Moses is going to tell us what this redemption price is. And not surprisingly, the redemption price um, is, is applicable at that very point in which God judged the Egyptians. So what did God, how did God judge, judge the Egyptians? He, um, he killed the firstborn of the womb, man and animals. Well, God says, I passed over your firstborn, okay, um, Israelites, but those firstborn still have to be redeemed, okay? They still belong to me. And the redemption, a redemption price has to be paid for their freedom. I'm freeing you from an obligation. There has to be something that comes back to me in return, okay? And here we see that God says, because the firstborn belong to me, you have to sacrifice your firstborn animals, whether it's a sheep or a goat, that have to be sacrificed to me. Um, that's to remind you that everything that, that you have belongs to me and that I purchased your life. God even goes so far as to say, and also your firstborn sons must be redeemed. And that has to get our attention, right? Because what is the only price that can be, rightful price that can be paid for redemption? Of course, that is a death, okay? And so with the, with the firstborn of animals, they paid with their own life. How is how are our lives or the lives of the Israelites to be paid for or redeemed? Now flip over to, to, this passage doesn't explicitly tell us that, but when you flip over to Numbers chapter three, God does tell us this, okay? And look at verse 40, redemption of the firstborn. And the Lord said to Moses, list all the firstborn males of the people of Israel from a month old and upward, taking the number of their names. And you shall take the Levites from me, I am the Lord, instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel and the cattle of the Levites, instead of all the firstborn among the cattle of the people of Israel. So Moses listed all the firstborn among the people of Israel as the Lord commanded him. And all the firstborn males, according to the number of names from a month old and upward, as listed were 22,273. Now what's going on here? God says, Israel, I'm not going to ask you to sacrifice your firstborn sons. Instead, I'm going to claim an entire tribe, the tribe of the Levites, as a redemption price for redeeming you. Um, and this tribe of Levites is not going to have an, a, a possession of land to call their own. They are going to um, serve me in the temple. They're going to serve me in the tents of meetings. They're going to serve me in offering sacrifices. They're going to be holy and fully and committed to me. And so in this way, whenever the Israelites engage the Levites in their sacrificial duties, they would be reminded, okay, that the Levites were standing in their place, that the Levites were um, the redemption price that had to be paid in order for their own personal redemption to be bought by God. 
And this was to be an ongoing, enduring um, reality. Now, when we come to Jesus Christ in the New Testament, um, we have to think about for a second, what was the redemption price that had to be paid in order for us to be redeemed? Because after all, we don't have tribes anymore. Um, the tribe of the Levites is no longer serving in the temple. That, that, that's not our purchase redemption price that's been paid. It's been something far, far more valuable. Okay, And look in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Then Paul says this, you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. In other words, we still must be redeemed. We still have to be purchased, okay, um, and freed from our sinful condition. We are still slaves to sin, okay? Um, but the purchase price will no longer, a permanent purchase, a permanent purchase price for that to take effect has to be something far more than a tribe of people or the blood of bulls and goats or of animals. In fact, it must be the very son of God. He is our redemption price. He is our redemption lamb. He is our redemption payment. And so, so when we start thinking about this, it's not that um, we no longer, okay, um, have to have a redemption price paid for us. It's just that we needed a permanent one. We needed a lasting one. Th listen to this passage. Um, and we, we looked at this one as a church family over the, over the Advent season. But Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, here it is, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. In other words, the, the, the redemption price paid by the old covenant people of God in the form of sacrifices, in the form of the tribe of Levi being set aside and, and paid as a, as a redemption price, okay, um, for their own salvation, um, they all knew, the Israelites did, undoubtedly, that this was not a permanent eternal solution. There's no way that the, the blood or the service or the work of even a tribe of people could ever exchange and pay back God for his grace and mercy. The whole thing was, was I mean, of course, that, that could never happen, right? There is no way to repay that debt. There is no way to pay that price. And then God says, but, but now I have provided that way that eternal way, that permanent way, that once and for all way. And the way that I've done that is that I've sacrificed the most valuable thing possible, and that's the life of my own son, the godly for the ungodly, right? And in and, and these passages in the Old Testament, again, as we said yesterday, they're meant to be read through the prism of Jesus and of the history of redemption, and as we read this, these passages, these obscure passages in a lot of ways from Exodus, through the lens of Jesus, we come to realize that he is our Passover lamb. He is our redemption price. Um, 
we have been set freed by the sacrificial shedding of his blood because nothing we could ever do, ever do, whether it's serving as Levites in the temple or sacrificing lambs, bulls, or goats could ever atone for our sin and buy back our freedom. But guess what? That's what the gospel is for. And again, we see the gospel according to Exodus. So church today, praise God for your redemption. Praise God he, that he exchanged the life of his son, the sacrificial death of his son for your life and for mine. So that's it for this Friday. We'll pick this back up in, um, on Monday in Exodus 13, where we shift the focus now from Egypt to the wilderness and how God goes before the people of Israel in a pillar and a cloud and with his presence. Um, but that will wait till Monday. And in the meantime, may God go with you with his presence and peace. Have a great weekend. Let me pray. Lord, go before us now. Lead us on. Um, let us lead lives of thankfulness as we think about your mercy and grace to us, the redemption price paid by your son. In his name we pray. Amen. All right. Have a good one.